Hi there. It's good to be with you tonight. And uh, I hope that you have been taking advantage of the music that we are supplying to you. If you go to newrqpc.info and select that Gathering Hub card, part of you might have already seen it when you were getting here to this broadcast tonight, but if you click on that Gathering Hub card, it should give you several options for music. There will be three links that are the same song, but just through different formats. So Apple Music and Spotify and YouTube for the individual song. And then also there are playlists in which we are gathering all the songs from every day together and keeping them maintained in a playlist so that you can listen to them throughout the days. Uh, the song for tonight is I Go to the Rock, the old classic song, and it is sung by Whitney Houston. There's nobody that could sing a gospel song quite like Whitney Houston. So I hope you enjoy that and are uplifted by that song. And every day we will have a little different song. We're trying to keep them diverse, some fast, some slow, some from different cultures. And I guarantee you probably won't like them all, but I hope that you enjoy some of them. Tonight, our message is going to be about what to do in these kind of weird times we're living through. I'm hoping that I can give you some direction, some guidance, some reminders, really, of some things that we should remember to do and keep our focus on. But first, I would like to lead us in prayer and pray that we would enjoy our time together. Dear God, we ask that you come into each home that is represented here tonight. We ask that you help us to focus on you in these strange times. We ask that you help us to trust in you and to not fear. Give us guidance and direction. Lord, help me. Give me the words to speak and help us all to walk away a little better off when we're done tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So the theme scripture for this week is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. And I know if you've joined us the past few times, you've already heard this verse. But I will read it again to you as well, just to kind of bring us into focus of what we're talking about here. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7, this is the New Living Translation, says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. The, the point that I'm going to make tonight is about what to do in those times when you kind of do feel like you're fighting that spirit of fear. And you want to know what power and love and self-discipline looks like. So we're going to go to the book of Philippians. Now, the book of Philippians was written by the Apostle Paul to the book to the church, excuse me, at Philippi. Why didn't he just go visit Philippi? Why did he have to write a letter? Well, Paul was in jail for preaching the message of the Messiah, come as Jesus. He was jailed. I don't know. Maybe someone knows, but I don't know 
whether that meant he was under house arrest or whether he was in a physical prison. But either way, he was not able to go visit them and preach in their church like he probably would have preferred to do. But because of that, and because of that difficulty, he recorded a text and sent it to them. I'm not recording a text in a letter, but I am recording a message for you because we are in not identical situation, but we do have some similarities with his situation that he was not able to give his message in person. So he recorded it in a letter and sent it to him. Obviously, he was in some hard times. He wasn't able to do exactly what he wanted to do. The advice that he gave them, though, applies to all circumstances, especially, though, those ones that are a little bit hard. So the translation I'm using tonight is going to be the message, simply because it has a very easygoing style, similar to what I think a letter would be today. Some of the translations might sound a little more like a letter from Shakespeare, and that's not what I need in my life right now. So we're going to use the message. Philippians chapter 4. We're going to start with verse 4 if you would like to turn there. Otherwise, you can just listen along. The message is easily available on the internet. You just Google whatever verse you want and then the message and it will bring it up with no problem. Celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, revel in him. Now, this advice is somewhat counterintuitive to a, from a man who was in prison. He's telling them to play. He's telling to them to enjoy themselves and celebrate. And what are you to be celebrating? You're to be celebrating God. Because no matter what our circumstances are, God has been good to us. He has given us salvation. He has given us a promise of heaven. He has given us many, many blessings in our life. Friends, family, daily bread, warm houses, um, many, many other things, most of us as well. But whatever the case, God has been good to us. And we should celebrate that. We should revel in God and play. In this time, keep your spirits up. Laugh. Tell jokes. Um, enjoy your family. Enjoy your friends. Have a little fun. It doesn't have to be all down in the dumps. He goes on to say, make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you're on their side, working with them and not against them. We as a society right now are in a bit of a tough spot. And there are people who are being honestly quite selfish. We need to not be those people. We need to show the world around us, both our individual friends and the larger society, that we are on their side. We are not for our own individualistic goals. Um, we do need to be responsible and take care of ourselves, but we also need to be able to take care of those around us and be friendly, whether that means a smile or a kind word or not hoarding supplies or sharing the things we have. All of those things are obeying this instruction to make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you're on their side, working with them 
and not against them. Look around for opportunities to help. Offer to babysit or deliver some food to someone who's sick or give a phone call to an elderly person. In fact, give a phone call to a younger person because we're all shut-ins right now. The next verse says, help them. These are all that you meet. Help them see that the master is about to arrive. He could show up any minute. We need to live in such a way that our goal is heaven. And that is obvious to those around us. If we keep our eyes on heaven, as the old song says, the things of the world grow strangely dim because they really are a short problem and our long-term goal is heaven. So we need to live in a way that shows that. Help them see that the master is about to arrive and won't that be a wonderful day? That's part of the rejoicing and the reveling and the idea that redemption is coming and that causes us to have no need for panic and it gives us a sound mind. Verse number six says, don't fret or worry. Oh dear. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, if you do this, before you know it, the sense of God's wholeness Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. I'm going to talk a little bit, and then I'm going to read that again, because I think it's very helpful. I tend to be a worrier. I think of all the bad things that could happen, and I focus on those. <clears throat> I joke with my husband that I know worrying is effective, because 99% of the things I worry about never happen. Now, obviously that's a joke because those 99% of things I'm worrying about wouldn't happen anyway. And I really didn't need to waste the energy or time worrying about them. But we do tend to worry. And honestly, sometimes when I'm trying to pray, I'm actually not praying. I'm just doing more worrying out loud to Jesus. But this verse gives me comfort because it acknowledges that. So let me read that again. It's actually two verses, but don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions, so it's okay to ask for things. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. This is the part I like. Before you know it, the sense of God's wholeness Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. So when you're worried, pray. And if it sounds like just worrying out loud to Jesus, that's okay. But then let that peace of God come in and settle us down and see what happens when God displaces worry at the center of our life. Now, verse 8, this is coming to the end of the whole book of Philippians. He has a couple more things to say, but he says, Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating 
on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, and grace, gracious. The best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. So we need to find things to think on that are true, not overblown rumors, not myths and the crazy conspiracy theories that people are coming up with these days. Think on things that are true and noble, authentic, compelling, and full of grace, gracious. And think on the good things, the beautiful things, things to praise and not to curse. Find good things to think on in this time. Spend time with your family. Play a game with your family. I think I already mentioned that. Go for a walk. It is springtime outside. The weather has been quite beautiful these days. And a little exercise and fresh air would probably do us all good. Uh, we do have the benefit of technology. So call a friend, FaceTime, play some words with friends, do something online that is uplifting, learn a new skill, practice an art. All of those things are good things, positive things to think about. And the last part says, put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that and God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Now, I especially like that last part about excellent harmonies and the way that's said because I'm a musician and I like how things come together. But um, the, the interesting thing about this that I want to draw out is that honestly, a lot of us already know what to do. A lot of us already know at least some steps that we could be doing. And yet we sit around and wait for some kind of big revelation of the, the big thing that will make it better. Well, I'm sorry, folks, but usually there's not the big thing that will make it all better. There are just a lot of things to do that we already know to do. A lot of which I've already talked about showing love and reaching out to those around us, thinking on positive things, all the things that we that are in this text. A lot of them we already know to do. It has been amazing to me over the last couple of weeks as this coronavirus thing came about that hand washing became such a big thing. And I suspect that probably a lot of people who are out hoarding toilet paper and stocking up on canned soup haven't yet really learned to wash their hands because it's not exciting and it's not dramatic. And if we do the things that we already know to do, in this case, the illustration, not the real lesson, but the illustration is cover your mouth with your cough when you cough. How many of us have either been told that by our mothers or told people that as mothers? Cover your mouth when you cough, wash your hands. Those are very basic things. To use that analogy in our Christian life, there are things we know to do. We know to show love to those around us. We know to go out of our way to help others. We know to keep it, our focus on this second coming of Christ. We know that God will come in and help us when we pray. Uh, we know to 
think on things that are good and holy. But we tend to not do that while we're looking for the big next new thing to do. So that is why the topic of tonight is titled What to Do. Because we already know what to do in a lot of cases. We just need to be reminded. And this is just a friendly reminder that in all of these crazy things going on, we just need to continue to do what we already know to do. Let's pray as we end this, and then we can go on our way. Dear God of heaven, we appreciate you. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that Paul had to write down a lot of these things. Even though it wasn't pleasant for him, I'm sure glad he did write them down. God, we ask that you bless our evening and our day tomorrow until we come back together. We ask that you keep us well and safe and whole. Help us, Lord, as we are separated from each other. Help us to draw together in other ways and to also use this time to draw closer to you. We sure do love you, God, and we want to see your face. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a good evening.